What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the All Pistons podcast. My name is Neil Senha, joined by Aiden Mulcrone and Vinayak Saroop. And we have a very, very sad episode, I guess, to kind of go over today. As, of course, I'm sure all Pistons fans are, you know, kind of aware of the news that came out over the past weekend that Kate Cunningham will be out indefinitely. There is a possibility that he will be out for the entire year as he's mulling over whether or not to get surgery on his shin. And they're saying it's likely a stress fracture. And so just very, very unfortunate for the Pistons that, you know, we're recording this after they just lost to the Sacramento Kings. And so this is a three and 15 Detroit Pistons team. Very, very unfortunate season. And then to lose Cade Cunningham, man, it just doesn't get any better guys. And so I guess, what are your immediate reactions from hearing this news that Cade Cunningham is going to be out possibly for the rest of the season, but, you know, hopefully for less than that? I was definitely surprised when I heard the news. I wasn't, when they said shin soreness, I was just like, maybe it's going to be like a week or two. But I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's just terrible news for the Pistons fans, especially just in terms of just development of this core. I mean, you want to see Jaden Ivey and Kay Cunningham, you know, play together and get more experience. And now you're kind of losing out on a year of development. I mean, we talk about development of all these young players. Kay Cunningham, you know, despite being the number one guy, he needs that development too. And I think, you know, losing that time is pivotal. Like it's it's tough to see, but um in the long run, I do think that the Pistons shouldn't rush this. I mean, if it is if it is serious, he needs surgery, or even not, if not. There should be no rush to get him back on the floor. You need Kay Cunningham is the cornerstone of your franchise. You can't afford to get him, have him come out there, re-injure and stuff. Like if this is something that's really affecting him, take the long route, take the time, recover, and then get back to, you know, just normal, healthy Kate Cunningham. But definitely disappointing for sure. Yeah, I mean, the the our predictions of around 30 wins this year is definitely in shambles. shambles. Yeah, there, there's no way that's going to happen. And yeah, I think they should prepare without him for the rest of the season. But if he comes back um, by the good graces, then, you know, that's a plus. But I think now we really got to focus in on Jay Nivey's development, Duran's development, you know, you know, kind of what where we're at with uh Alec Burks too. So I think yeah, it definitely changes the season. Uh what we thought again, like what could could perhaps have been a playoff or a playing game. We're definitely closer to uh the first overall pick than we are to the playoffs. Yeah, I think you know there's a few immediate reactions to this. Obviously the first is that you you never want to see this happen. Um you know, and by the way, it was kind of in a litany of a bunch of NBA injury news because like John Morant just got hurt. He has an ankle sprain. Tyrese Maxey's out probably about a month. Um, but of course, none of those even compare to the Kate Cunningham injury. And so it's just it's really unfortunate for this team because you really wanted to see Kate take that next step. It seemed like he was primed to. I mean, he was already averaging around 21, 22 points a game. He had, of course, that great stretch where he averaged around 28, 8, and 8. Um, and so you just wanted to see that development in Cunningham, but it looks like it's not really going to happen with this injury. And so it's it's a step back for the franchise. There's no doubt about it. I think 
if there's any sort of silver lining, guys, it's that, um, you know, like Aiden just said, they're a lot closer to that number one pick now than they are the plane. I mean, this will likely be the worst team in the NBA. I hate to be like a Debbie Downer like that, but it is going to be a very rough team. I mean, we've seen it the last seven games that they've lost without Cade Cunningham. It's just this team isn't really clicking right now. And Jaden Ivey is going to be forced into a bigger role than he was expecting for his rookie year. Killian Hayes will get some more opportunities. We can talk about that in a second. But if there's a silver lining, it has to be that the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes are a lot more likely for the Pistons. What what do you guys think of that? Like, what win total does this team get to? They have to be like around last or second to last, right? Most definitely, I think. I think at most they're gonna. At most they're probably getting. 23 i think i think they'll be lucky honestly if they can match uh their previous year's win total but it is a silver lining like we we are going to be closer to the victor when we're officially in the sweepstakes i don't think any of us were really expecting us to be i don't think any of us were really expecting us to be in the sweepstakes this early and already in the tanking but i mean here we are i will say one thing out of all the teams where victor could go i feel like the pistons are such a great it just to have both Kay Cunningham and Victor Wembanyama on your team, I mean, now we're talking about serious title contention. So if you're thinking the long run, and even if they, let's say they get the second pick, Scoo Henderson, and I'm sure there's more players as well that are talented, but I mean, another year of tanking, it, or not necessarily tanking or development, as Troy Weaver would say, would it's disappointing. It's, I mean, it's, you never want to see it for the third year and fans are growing impatient, but um, it's part of the process. Like we said, it's unfortunate or probably... I in the notes here it says likely winning 15 games straight up. I know there's gonna be at some point there's gonna be some Alec Burks or some vets gonna catch on fire and we're gonna probably win some games down the stretch. But yeah, I definitely think definitely we're not at 30 anymore. Probably 2023. Um, right now we're like on a we're losing just a bunch of games though. I it's it's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly before it gets good. Yeah, I mean just to touch on that a little bit, I think. Houston is in a better position. I think Charlotte's in a better position. I think, you know, the the other teams that are bottom feeders in the West, like Utah, you know, we thought Utah was going to have the number one pick next year, but, you know, they're off to a strong start. So maybe they, they'll regress eventually, but they already put themselves in a position worse than the Pistons. So I think just for – for that sake that, you know, all those teams who are bottom feeders still have like all their players healthy. I think that that definitely gives the Pistons the uh, advantage or disadvantage to be the top pick next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I look at the standings right now and I really think the only, you know, teams that are going to be with the Pistons for that number one pick is going to be the Houston Rockets and the Orlando Magic. I mean, Charlotte just got LaMelo Ball back. And, you know, he'll be back, assuming, you know, you would assume he'd be back for the entire season. And so the Pistons almost surely will be having max odds for Victor Wembanyama in that, you know, of course, the bottom three all have the same odds for the number one pick. And so, you know, you, you just have to imagine that would be the case. And so I think the one thing I tell fans is like, just be patient. It's un- It's really, really unfortunate. The team was struggling already. This makes it even worse. And, you know, frankly, I- I'm going to be completely honest. The season in terms of record 
is lost. It's out the window at this point. But there's a lot of other storylines to look at. Jay Nivey, I think his rookie of the year race is very, very alive. I mean, he's going to be the leader of this team, the lead ball handler on this team likely. So, you know, there's stuff to look at there. Jalen Duren, how he develops throughout this season. Very, very important. Sadiq Bey. I mean, with some of these guys that are in this draft, Sadiq Bey is going to be playing for his future spot on this starting lineup. And so, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of stuff to look at. Um, it's going to be a lot of probably a lot of losses, but it'll get better over time, hopefully. And who knows? I mean, you know, we're kind of assuming the worst case scenario that Cade Cunningham doesn't come back. There is a chance that he does. Um, I've heard with these injuries of stress fractures, it's a lot less likely that he will, but you know, you never know. And so I will say another thing that could come out of this injury to Cade is that Killian Hayes, who has already gotten a lot more playing time with, you know, in the past few games, he will be likely in this starting lineup for the rest of this season, barring any injuries or anything. What does that do for Killian? It seems like this is his last shot. Yeah, there's there's that one um Madden. No, no, no. There's that one, there's that one uh series in that Madden game is called the long shot. And I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, but uh for Killian, he's kind of like he's kind of this is it. This is his last his last opportunity, I think, to show to the world that he's an NBA player. And what bigger stage is it now that he's the starting guard for the rest of the season? I think for Killian Hayes, you want to see several things. You just want to see this. I think scoring double digits, averaging double digits is is pivotal. Like ten points a game, shooting well from the three, playing defense, just showing you're an NBA player. But if he doesn't show out, let's say like he's not that good and they go to Corey Joseph as the backup, I think Killian's done. I think they move on from him as a player. And perhaps, you know, uh, Jack Kelly, who we had on last week, was t- saying Killian is, is a good player, but he may be doing that on another team. So this is really Killian's, I think, only opportunity, I would say, to to shine. This is this is do it's do or die for him. Now, one thing I will say is he no longer has to kind of be that um second guy in the sense where he's going to probably have the ball a lot more. Uh, he's going to it's kind of similar to his rookie season where they don't have K, they don't have that primary ball handler. Sure, Jaden Ivey will have some of the load, but Killian will get to play make for the most part. So perhaps that's something which he can also work into and we'll get to see more just playmaking and hopefully, hopefully just more confidence by Killian. Yeah, yeah I, I think, mean, Aiden, can I just mention real quick? Yeah. I think like, you know, there's been a lot of excuses for Killian Hayes in the past year or so of like, well, he got injured early on in his rookie year. He got injured again last year um, and so on and so forth. And, and maybe like a, he didn't get a lot of playing time at certain times. There's no excuses anymore. Like whatever happens, just as Benayak said, at the end of the season, they will have all the tape, everything they need to, to determine if Killian is really a long-term piece on this team. And so yeah, I, it has to be his last shot. I mean, and, you know, you got to root for him. Hopefully it works out. But, yeah, Aiden, what do you need to see from him, I guess, to say that you want to bring him back? Because keep in mind, he only has one year left on his rookie deal after this season. Yeah, I mean, I think so far he's been able to take advantage of this opportunity. And, you know, he's been impressive and he's been better than – I would have imagined him in a million years after watching the first three seasons of him. Um, but I think, you know, Vinayak alluded to the scoring. I think 
the turnovers and the assists, I think like the assist to turnover ratio matters because we know what he is defensively. He's a, he's a solid, like, you know, pretty decent NBA level defender, but offensively, I think he forces the ball too much. You know, again, he, we talk about his left hand all the time and constantly he's about how he's one handed. And I think, you know, the turnovers, are a big problem and especially with you know if ivy is going to get some of the playing time at at uh running running the point you know he's a young guard so he he's already had a bunch of turnovers so i think just consistency and a little bit of stability is kind of what they they need from him and just kind of knowing his role and doing his job because he tends, you know, when he we saw his rookie year, and I think we're starting to see it a little bit now, um, is just sometimes he he gets he gets out of his comfort zone. He starts doing more than what he's you know asked to do or expected to do. So I think I think that's the the key point uh, there for bringing him back. Yeah, I I would definitely agree, and you know I think like you said he's he's been playing better. Over the last few games, he's definitely been looking a little bit better. He's taking a few more shots. Um, I mean, he's been getting in double digits and scoring a little bit now, which he wasn't doing at the beginning of the season. He wasn't doing for quite a bit last season. And so it's good to see that improvement. He's going to have to continue that. I think, you know, you want him to be aggressive. This is the perfect time. And we'll say the same thing about Jaden Ivey, but this team, just as we've been saying, is not primed to win games right now. There will be a lot of um, losses this season. And so this is the time to take the dumb shots. This is the time to just try to change your game tremendously. And so for Killian Hayes, that means when you're in a pick and roll and you get by your, the lead guard and, and the, the center picks you up and drop coverage or something, put up a floater, you know, you, you don't need to be so hesitant about it. And so we just, you know, the Pistons are going to need to see a lot more of that for the rest of this season. Cause just as we said, you know, this is his last big opportunity. I got to be honest, guys, if he doesn't show up, I don't even know if the Pistons will bring him back for his fourth year of his rookie deal because it was getting that bad. And so we'll see what happens. You know, you got to root for him, but another big thing to look at too, with the Cunningham injury is what happens to the veterans? Because I talked about this, you know, in the first few episodes that we had this season, but I didn't think that Bogdanovich would be here for the entire season. And then they extended him and my, you know, view on that kind of changed a little bit. Now I'm back to Bogdanovich is likely going to be traded by the end of the season, just because this team is not going to be anywhere near winning and they're going to want to see what they have in all these young players. For example, once Isaiah Stewart is back, they maybe will try the lineup of beef stew at the four and Duran at the five. We'll see if that happens by the end of the season. And so does Bogdanovich get traded? Do you think that's a good idea? And maybe do you think someone else like Alec Burks gets traded? Yeah, I think when the Pistons, um, in, initially when the season started, Bogdanovich was kind of in the honeymoon phase. You know, he was playing so well and he was hitting his shots. And I think the things that Bogdanovich does that kind of makes fans mad now, they were kind of just overlooked. You know, he was he was hitting his shots. But now, even though he's still efficient, there's still things which, you kind of get frustrated, for example, where in the, I wouldn't say he's like a ball hog, but he's definitely a ball stopper. He's He seems a lot of the time he's looking for the shot. He's looking for his own shots. And it's kind of that tunnel vision kind of thing. And 
it is efficient. Don't get me wrong. Like he hits his shots, but again, if the Pistons are developing, do they really need someone to be that kind of guy? You know, they, they want someone that they need a veteran. Like, I don't, I think like having a player, like when they had Jeremy Grant was great and they need a veteran, but they need someone that can kind of elevate the other players as well and play make. And unfortunately with Bogdanovich, there's not as much, not as much playmaking as I'd like to see. I see a lot more just ball dominance and he's struggling with turnovers and he's not the best defender. And it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation. I would say if Cade was still here and the Pistons were winning more, I think he would have a perfect role in this team. But really what you you've kind of been now you're just asking him to be basically the number one option. We can talk about Sadiq, Jade, and Ivy. Sure, they'll get their shots as well. But basically Bogdanovich is the number one option. I'm not sure if if that's really the best thing for a team that's trying to develop, you know, their players, especially now we're in a development season. So definitely I could see him getting traded. I know there's def there's a there's a lot of teams that could use his services. This is this is and this whole statement I make is no shade at Bogdanovich because he's been great for the Pistons. But now it's more so just like, is your fit really necessary? Like, do we really need a player like you? And we can just get perhaps a couple more picks and maybe maybe some other veterans. I think a player like Alec Burks, I think, benefits his team because while he's he does look for his own shot as well, it's not in a sense where I think it's like he's not demanding the type of attention Bogdanovich um, receives. So... That's kind of where I'm at. I feel like they they should look to trade him. I mean, if they're not, it's okay. But I would be, I would definitely be looking to to trade Bogdanovich and just see what the market is. I know teams are definitely interested because, like I said, he's a sharp shooting man, and every team can use someone that can shoot the ball. Yeah, I was I was just about to talk kind of like who who would be in the market for him because I think we are in the same same boat as we were with Jeremy Grant where. You know, he's kind of by default becoming the first option or the second option of the team. And so just by having more, you know, more touches and higher volume that he he's scoring more and everything. So I think fans are going to, you know, have these heightened expectations of getting, you know, multiple first round picks or like a, a like a solid player that you know might be unrealistic and i think if we get one first round pick out of him probably going to be from a for from a playoff team so it's going to be in the 20s or uh, the late 20s um i think i think that's fine that's perfectly fine with me i don't think they should be expecting you know a lottery pick or anything like that so i yeah i mean i think his market you know he's been around for a while so i think people know what he is already. So I don't think his market is going to get any, you know, like the, his stock isn't going to rise any higher than it already is right now. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you guys on everything that you said. And also say this in terms of the Bogdanovich trade market, one team that, you know, I was kind of thinking of that is I think a perfect fit for him is Cleveland. I think that would be a great fit over there because you know, you have Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, and then Mobley and Jared Allen. They're kind of missing that three. And I know Bogdanovich has been playing a lot of the four, but he's also a great small forward too. And so imagine how good that Cleveland team would be. And so just to give people an idea of the sort of trade that maybe the Pistons will be looking at, it's, you know, likely Cleveland's first round pick for Bogdanovich. Or actually, Cleveland, I don't, I don't think has their. Yeah, I was about to say, year. I don't know if they have. But, yeah. but it would be that it would be that type of deal from exactly like Aiden said earlier of like 
a playoff team giving up probably one first round pick for Bogdanovich. And I think that makes sense for this team. And there's certainly, you know, a market out there. There were reports like a week and a half ago that, you know, teams were looking into Bogdanovich and the Pistons were fielding calls for him. And so, you know, we'll see what happens um, in terms of Cleveland. I think that would be a good fit. Like you guys said, they don't really have the draft assets. So we'll see um, exactly where he goes, if he goes anywhere. Um, you know, in terms of this team and injuries, by the way, they're also without Isaiah Stewart. He got an injury to his toe. Um, and I think he's out two to three weeks, they said. Sadiq Bay also sprained his ankle briefly um, in the last game against the Lakers. And so he missed tonight against the Sacramento Kings. By the way, that was the first game that Sadiq Bay has missed in guess how many games, guys? Has to be like a while, right? Oh, it's just... over. It's got to be over 100. Yeah, 153 or 152. Wow. Yeah, this would have been his one hundred fifty third consecutive I mean, game. Durable player. That's that's honestly props to him. And is anyone has anyone else in the league like had that? No, I was gonna no. say. Yeah, he he was one of two now. players last season, I believe, to play all eighty two games in the NBA. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the longest active streak. I'm pretty sure I saw a headline on that. So certainly for the Pistons, obviously, but yeah, just crazy to think about, but. In terms of these injuries, though, Sadiq Bey will probably be back relatively soon. He was already questionable for the, the Kings game tonight. But what does that mean for the Pistons team, you know, over the next week or two while these two are out? I mean, with Cade, with Cade already out, I don't really think it makes that big of a difference. Um, Just overall, but, you know, having Bay, you know, come back will be fine. But I'm not really worried about him as much as I am Stewart because Stewart is starting to become injury prone. And like, this isn't the first, like, you know, he's had some major injuries and some minor injuries. So, I mean, it's got to come down to, you know, is, is he worth it for the next like few years? Is he worth, you know, re-signing to a, a pretty substantially large contract um, for the future? Kind of like, where do they want to go with him? Duran's been pretty solid the, the past few games. Uh, so it's kind of, it's, it, I think he's in a more, he's in a similar boat as Killian, but probably not as extreme, obviously. But I think he is in a little bit of a similar boat where it's like, it's not really a prove it year, but it's, it's more of a prove how much you're actually worth kind of situation. Well, to be fair with that Stewart injury, it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it was like an injury prone thing. He just kind of ran into the Kia sign and just happened to sprain his foot. But um, um, no, it's it's it hurts the Pistons big time. To not okay, you're not only losing K, but you're also losing Isaiah Stewart, who people can get mad at his uh, at his height all he wants, but he was he was kind of like the anchor of their defense, and he was probably one of their better rebounders, and that hurts. And then Sadiq Bay, let's be honest, he's had a pretty rough start to the season, like. Compared to the expectations to what we had, he's had a really bad start, but still he provides that element of consistency. And I think I think we will hopefully see Sadiq Bay back sooner. But for those two players, for Sa this is kind of I see Cade's Cunningham K Cunningham's absence as kind of like an audition for the second the second man spot. Like who wants to be the number two on this team? It could be Ivy. I think Sadiq once he gets healthy will be big time and he can kind of audition that role. But 
you're missing now two pivotal players. That just means more people have to step up. That means, unfortunately, we have to see more Kevin Knox minutes, though. I'll give him credit today. He did play pretty well. He he had eight points. Like, good for you. He scored. He scored. He did, he did his thing. But, um, yeah, the Pistons are really going to struggle with depth. Now you're going to see much more minutes from players like, you know, Isaiah Livers. You know, you talk about even players like um, um, Diallo is going to probably play. Like, those two players have such a pivotal event. A pivotal effect on the team. It just it doesn't even just affect their positions. It just ex- affects the team all around. Like I just feel like more players who usually don't you don't see get minutes are just going to get minutes as a result, and it's tough to see. Hopefully, with both of those though, the prognosis isn't as bad as Cade's. I I expect at some point, maybe in like a couple more weeks, we'll see Isaiah Stewart, and hopefully Sadiq Bay will also see him soon. Yeah, I mean, I think the immediate thoughts that I had is like this team is probably going to break their losing streak record because the Pistons right now have lost seven straight games. The franchise record is 14 straight losses, which they tied last season. And I got to be honest, like I was asked about this on Instagram um, from a fan that like, when are they going to win next? And I was looking at the next few games and they got to finish, finish out the West coast trip, which is not going to be easy. They got the nuggets. They got the Suns. They have to play Cleveland after that, the Knicks as well, who they just cannot beat. Um, and then after that, they got the Mavs, uh, Grizzlies, some other solid teams too. Like, I, I don't know when they're going to win their next game, guys. It's going to be a while. And to lose Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart on top of that, two other starters. Granted, like I said, Sadiq Bay should be back very soon. And Isaiah Stewart, you know, relatively soon as well. But it's unfortunate. And, you know, just as you guys said, like they will, we'll see a lot of these second unit guys. Um, a lot of Kevin Knox. He played a lot tonight against the Kings. Um, Hamadou Diallo, probably some more some as, you know, I know certain of us do not like to see that, but um, it's just, it is what it is at this point, I think with the Pistons. And so you just, you got to hope for better. I think I will say this to switch into kind of the last topic that we have here. The last four games, you know, since we had our last episode playing against the Raptors, the Clippers, the Lakers, and then tonight against the Sacramento Kings, the Pistons have shown some great, great effort. I mean, you know, with all the odds stacked against this team, with the injuries, with, you know, how young this team is, the fact that in every single one of those games, they had a shot to win the game. Well, kind of at the end, like they were, they were very much in each of these games. It's very impressive. And they've shown a lot of effort. Guys, what what have the Pistons really shown to you? Like, what's been the thing that's stuck out the most this past week? These games have been so interesting for me because in one game you have, against the Clippers, you have, like, a complete – you have, like, high school teams playing basketball in terms of offense. The score was 96-91, but I don't think it does it justice as to, like, how poor the offensive shooting was. And so in that game, the Pistons – you could say we're playing great defense. And then they followed up the next day. The Pistons put a 121 and the Lakers then put a 128. And then game today, the Pistons put a 129, which let's be honest, guys, you put a 129. I mean, you're feeling pretty good, but they lose to 137. So I will say that these games have been closer, which is which is good because in the previous couple games, like the one game that comes to mind is that Cleveland game at home or some of the Atlanta games or that one Atlanta game also home. They just got absolutely blown out. It's good to see them get get more competitive even the Raptors game they played um I like to see Jaden Ivey in the fourth quarter make make a run and make the game closer so that's good to see I just want to see now I think the biggest team the biggest thing fans should look for 
from these past four games and moving forward is just what is their defensive identity? I think getting Alec Burks back was huge in terms of offensive scoring. Like now they're going to need Alec Burks a lot. Like without Sadiq and Cade and Stewart, like they are going to need players like Burks to step up. But defensively, you can't give up 128 to the to the Lakers, mind you, who are still the Lake. They're still pretty bad. And then the Kings, who are having a decent season, but still 137 points is still unacceptable. It's kind of unacceptable in today's NBA. So I think moving forward, you just want to see where is their defensive identity? Is this something that we're, we're going to see improve? Granted, they are a young team. We know this, but I kind of want to see them put a little bit more effort on that end. But I will not complain too much. I'm glad much. I'll take this closer games over getting blown out any day. So on that front, they're doing good. Yeah, I was just going to say most of those losses in the the seven game losing streak have all been single digits. So I'd say that's that's a positive there. And, you know, th- they've been close for a lot a lot of times for, for a lot of their losses uh, the past couple of years. So I think, yeah, just again, working on that that development with the younger players. I mean, it's good that Burks and Bagley got got healthy um right before you know Cade Sadiq and Stewart all went down because then they would be really shit out of luck if uh they were still out so I think yeah just production from the bench literally anything will will do they they were pretty good uh tonight against the Kings so I'll, I'll give them credit for that and yeah I mean I was gonna touch on the Alec Burke situation because you know, you can you can run many different lineups now with him, with him. You can run him at the three, um, or yeah, you can basically run him one through three, and then yeah, Bagley can play four or five. So I think yeah, I think that's really the two important things for for the next month. And yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll catch someone, um, on a a down night, maybe like Cleveland or somebody like that or Phoenix, but yeah. I think they'll they'll win and break the streak, but I don't I don't really think the the fifteen losing streak is uh, realistic right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of like you guys said, I think it's great to see that there's been a ton of effort because you know we saw it at the beginning of this season, we saw it a couple times last season where they would just get blown out, <laughs> and I mean, it looked like at some times that they didn't really have an interest in the game. And, and that has not been the case at all this past week. This team has put up a ton of fight. And, you know, again, I know it's not what fans want to hear, but this is going to have to be the narrative for the rest of the season with the injuries that they have. I mean, they, you know, all Dwayne Casey can ask of these guys because they will be overmatched in every single game other than maybe Orlando and Houston. They will be overmatched talent wise in every single game. And so all, all you can ask of this team is to just, give it their all night in and night out. And I think they've been starting to do that. And yeah, just as you guys said, I mean, this bench has gotten infinitely times better over the last week or two. And it's not a coincidence that that's because Alec Burks came back. I mean, he provides such a big scoring punch to this team, averaging around 15 points a game right now off the bench for the Pistons. And the bench is just immediately scoring more points. It's also not just Alec Burks, by the way. Because when you got a guy in a lineup finally being a scoring threat like Alec Burks is, it opens things up for the other guys on the floor. It opens things up for Corey Joseph. 
for Jalen Duran and so on. And so that's why we're seeing such a big change, I think, with this second unit. And that's going to be big for the rest of this season because, you know, they're going to be a little bit shorter on depth. And so they're going to need to rely on that bench a ton, as well as, you know, if they have any other starters that go down or whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, guys, I mean, any any thoughts, I guess, on because this was kind of the last topic that we had, any thoughts on the past few games or the next few games? I guess, Vinay, let me ask you this. And Aiden, when, when is their next win for the Pistons? Because we kind of already I, – I think that they might break the losing streak record. Aiden, you might not think so. But when, when's the next win then? Let me look at this uh, schedule real quick. Um, Let's do this. <laughs> let's do this together, fans, okay? Nuggets, Tuesday, it's probably a loss. Jazz is a loss. Suns is a loss. Okay, I'm looking at either – I think they're gonna. They have a three-game homestand against Knicks, Mavericks, Grizzlies. Okay, those are three tough teams, but I'd like to think that because it doesn't get you. Because then they're at the Pelk. Okay, I'm gonna say they get. They're gonna break it in one of those three games: Knicks, Mavs, or Grizzlies. I think they'll just catch one of those teams on an off night, and Alec Burks and Kevin Knox will play the game of their lives, and Isaiah. Every so everyone will play the game of their lives, and they'll win one of those games. If not. Man, it's it's looking it's looking hard. You'd you'd have to go till December eleventh when the Lakers come to Detroit to say, okay, they may have a shot in that game. But I'm optimistic they have a three game homestand that they'll hopefully snap it then. I think they'll they'll win uh one of one of the couple on the on the back end of this West Coast West Coast stretch. Oh really? With the, with the jazz the Jazz or the Suns. I think the, yeah. I mean the Jazz I yeah, respect I mean, it. I respect that. I think I think that I mean I mean we've all been surprised by the Jazz so far, but I think it's a matter of time until they kind of fall from reality. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But I mean, you got you got to win one of these whatever five or six that they've been playing, and then yeah, if they don't win, probably like at Utah, um, yeah, probably like the Knicks. They, I mean, they're just yeah, that's that's the that's the closest to being the worst team in for at least a month yeah i mean i would probably maybe agree with you guys i i wouldn't say the road trip that they get one just because i think yes utah is very surprising but they are winning for a reason i mean lowry martin is just unbelievable this season for the jazz but you know i could see them maybe stealing one of those home games that you said Vinayak, and if not um you know, they don't have any crazy great teams after that, maybe the Grizzlies, but you could see them maybe picking up one win. And, you know, just as we said, this team has been putting up a fight the last few games. And so if they can, you know, get really close with the teams that they've played the last you know week or two, you'd have to imagine that maybe they sneak one out in the next week or two. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting, guys. It'll be very, very interesting. Um, I guess last, very last thing of this episode Give the fans one reason to keep watching the Pistons for the rest of this season. You should keep watching to see the development of Jaden Ivey. He's legit. Yeah, he got 24 points again. He's not like your traditional rookie. It's not someone like Killian Hayes or anyone where you have to just like look at every single minuscule detail. Like you watch the game, you can tell Jaden Ivey's going to be something special in the league. So keep watching for Jaden Ivey and his development. Jaden Ivey 
Jalen Duran and because you love the Pistons. Yeah. And you love Kevin Knox. You got, watch it for Kevin yeah. Knox too. No. <laughs> it is really it takes a lot of heart to watch this team. <laughs> nah, I like it. Ivy Duran and the love of the team. Nah, but yeah, I <laughs> you kind of already hit not hit on it, but uh I'll go with um Killian Hayes. Watch the games and root for Killian Hayes, man. You know, we we want to see the number seven pick of the 2020 draft. Turn it up, get it going, and be a piece of this team in the future. Um, there, like we said, there's a few other storylines to look at too. Isaiah Livers being one, he got a start, got the start tonight. Um, you know, there, there's some solid other storylines to look for. Sadiq Bay will be playing for his future role as well. Same thing with Isaiah Stewart. And so, yeah, some some interesting things to look out for for sure and we will try to keep it interesting you know the rest of the season with our podcast episodes i think you know we'll have to be doing some draft content relatively soon regarding the unicorn the french unicorn victor Wembanyama, as well as some of the other great players in this draft scoot henderson the thompson brothers and so on so be on the lookout for that and yeah with that being said make sure to hit us up on social media on instagram on uh, twitter tiktok youtube you know subscribe follow us on all those platforms message us you know we're always down to talk to fans so we thank you so much for listening this far into the episode and of course as usual we will see you next time on the all pistons podcast